0: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Wind Down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome to another week of Wind Down. How you doing, Kat? Good. How are you? I'm good. Just got back from therapy. <laughs> so sad. It was so good today. Good. Yeah. It was, I mean, every day is good. I love my therapist, but- it was, it was just really nice because she gave me kind of like this list of things to kind of look out for, for in like in the dating world. And then when we were reading, it, it's basically like types of abusers. And I was like, wow. And you start to kind of like think back on like past relationships and you just, sort, it's like, man, maybe I wasn't like crazy, you know, in certain yeah. relationships. So is it like red flags to look for? Like when you're dating? Yeah. Huh, interesting. It was just, it was, it was, was. I know. Maybe I'll share it one time. It'd be fun. Have her back on for that. But, um, so I know last week we had, we had some fun this week. It's kind of going in a different direction. Um, but I, I'm really, really, really proud of, um, what's about to happen because, um, well, first and foremost, we've got Gigi on with us right now. Hi, Gigi. Hello. So you're back. You're back. <laughs> so um a lot of people fell, I mean, not a lot of people, everybody fell in love with Gigi when we were in uh, Connecticut. Gigi is um she helps sit the kids, uh, watch the kids whenever she's home from LSU. And she was able to come with me on set um, for a few weeks while I was filming The Holiday Fix-Up. And people just fell in love with you, Gigi. Like, in love. <laughs> and you know it. You know it. Like, people, like, took a photo of you at the airport, didn't they?
1: Yes. But I was nervous when that happened. I was like, are they, are they taking a picture of me? And it it was of me, but um, we ended up sitting next to each other on the plane. She was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I was just sending a picture of you to my um, brother. And I was like,
0: (laughs) why? (laughs) But I think what people loved about you and what I love about you is your energy and you're just so fun and you're just like, you have like such an amazing spirit and life to you. And but something happened in um Connecticut well yeah New York and that um you you texted me i don't know a few weeks ago and you said that you wanted to talk about it
1: yeah i know um i texted you that i was going to write a book
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: you said you should come on the podcast and i was like yeah that's probably a good start but um yeah so while we were in Connecticut um, I took a solo trip to New York and, you know, I ordered my cute little outfit. Like I was, I was so excited to do it because, you know, I'm 19, 19 year olds think that they're, uh, really independent, but just, just hear me out. Um, so I went to the train station, it was a Sunday and I got on a train to New York And I didn't really have a plan for the day. I was just kind of walking in literally all the stores that I could not afford anything at, but I pretended like I could.
0: A little pretty woman (laughs) action.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just to feel like important, like I did whatever. But um, so it was a really fun day. I FaceTimed all my friends from home. I was like, look where I am, whatever. So I went to a restaurant. And I was sitting by myself and it was, um I can't remember the name of it, but it was an Italian restaurant on, low, I don't know exactly where it was, Lower, Lower East or something like that. I don't know. I was told way after the fact where it was, but um, I went to dinner. Um met these two really cute girls and they were like, yeah, like let's let's go out together. And I was like, okay, great. Like they were super sweet, super cute. And we went to um this bar. Um I'm not gonna name drop it. I just it it doesn't add that much to the story. But um last thing I remember was I was at that bar and I woke up in a bed with my contacts out. I did not have my contacts in. I couldn't see anything. Um, my pants were on the other side of the room and my shirt was still on. And I got up out of the bed and my purse was luckily next to me and my phone still, like, thank God, my phone still had battery and my purse was next to me. Because I don't know what I would have done if they weren't. So I snuck out of the apartment and I couldn't see anything. Like I'm, I don't have good eyes at all. Like I can't see far away from me. So I saw someone, but they weren't, they were in like the other side of the apartment. I couldn't even like describe the apartment layout to you. They were like literally in this hallway at the back. And their back was facing me. So I snuck out of the apartment and I sprinted down the hallway, trying to find the elevator, trying to find something. I just, I could not, like, my head was spinning. I I didn't even think it was real life. I can't explain to you the feeling of what I felt. And I was in such a panic because I was alone in a big city and I had no idea what to do. So I called an Uber. And I got in the Uber and I was like, look, I have to go back to Connecticut. Can you take me? And he could tell that something bad had happened to me because he was like, yeah, can I go to the bank and you can just pay me cash for it? And I was like, whatever. Just like, go, go, like, go. And he was like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, were you with someone? And I was like, I don't know. And like that thing, like. Everything after getting the Uber, like, does not feel like real life. Like, I still can't believe this happened to me and that, like, I'm sitting here today, like, talking about it. So, I got to the bank and I withdrew $400, which is what he had asked me for, which is also just so messed up in it of itself because he had already, like, he had clearly known what had happened. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't coherent. There was nothing about me that looked like I was okay in the slightest. I start bawling, crying the second I get in his car. And, like, I'm so blessed that I made it out of the apartment. And I still don't know what had happened to me at the apartment. Like, I know nothing. And we're driving, and I get on the phone with one of my best friends from Nashville, And she can clearly tell that I'm out of sorts. I'm not, my sentences aren't making sense. It's just very, I sounded chaotic is how she explained it. She was like, you just sound like you didn't have anything put together. And it was one in the morning in New York. And I was in a random Uber after I was raped. And um, the Uber took me to the nearest hospital, which was 35 minutes away from New York and 45 minutes away from where I was staying. And it was two in the morning, so nothing was open. I sent Jana into a full on heart attack at two in the morning. Um, My friends were Not my friends. My one friend that I had called was blowing up the hospital phones and that sent me into a,
0: I don't even know. When you were at the hospital, they, they, um, they ran some labs on you. And what, I remember what you said, the the police officer said to you, the amount of drugs that they put in your system.
1: I should not have made it out of the apartment or to the hospital.
0: Cause it was a date rape drug that they put in your drink. It was a date drink. rape
1: drug. I don't know the proper name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just generic roofie. It is I don't know the name of it.
0: And and I and when I talked to the nurse, um, you know, there was like, she's she had a high dose of roofie and she's not coherent. Because when I got the the call, it was at yeah, it was somewhere between two in the morning, and I had to work at six a.m. Um, that next or that, that day. Um, And I
1: was, I was supposed to be home at 11. mm -hmm. So you had thought that I had already been home,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but yeah. So anyways, so you find out, you know, the police come in and talk to me, take my phone, go through everything, like get as much information as they could. Um, I had a rape kit test um, done on me, which was, um, I was convinced at that point that nothing had happened to me because I would not let myself believe that I had just been raped. But fast forward, because I, the hospital experience, I just, that's a lot. That's super heavy. And I don't even know half of what had happened there because I finally got there and I felt like I was safe. Mm. Um, somewhat safe, I guess. But I made it home the next morning at seven. And I slept, and then the kids came back, and um, luckily I had some help that day, which was really good. Um, but I felt so normal, and then I started beating myself up for feeling normal about it. But I knew I had a great support system. Everyone everyone was there for me, Um you know, my friends were checking up on me like every hour, like everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, what do you need? Like, how can I help? Like, do you need to go home? I was like, no, because I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Like, there's no way to cope with a trauma of that night and make it feel real the next day. Not like it didn't feel real until weeks after, because at the time I had a boyfriend And, um, he was very much half of my support system, which I've never been codependent on anyone because just of my family situation and everything. I have a lot going on in my life, a lot. Um, some people think I'm scatterbrained. I am, but,
0: but you're also going to law school and you have a dad who has dementia or Alzheimer's. And so like, you have a lot going on in your, I have a lot going
1: on in my life, like actually getting raped alone in New York was the last thing that I would have ever needed ever. Like I didn't need any more stress anymore, anything. So I, you know, my support system was big. My boyfriend, ex-boyfriend was a huge part of it. Um, and then I get back to school. He had flown out to Nashville the day that I got back from Connecticut so that I, um, didn't have to be alone because I was with the kids and the kids made me feel a lot better. And I was with Jana. So I was fine. Like everything was fine for the most part.
0: Well, I had asked you too. I mean, when that happened, I was like, look, I mean, at two in the morning when I was like, all right, I got to get to work at six. Like, I obviously wanted to be there for you. But at the same time, I'm like, right. I have to work too. So I'm, I called my ex, I was calling, you know, I called Kat. Cal, I was like, I, I, I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, cause it's like yeah. trying to be there for for you to support you, but also knowing I have to show up to to work with, you know, yeah. both my kids. And I ended up confiding in one of the producers and, you know, she's like, just bring them and we will figure it out. Um, And then when you, when I got back that day, I, I asked you, I was like, what do you need? Like, cause I will get you on a flight today. Like, do you, do you want to stay? Like I can have someone just, I can fly someone else in to help. Like I was like, don't even worry about me. Don't worry about the kids. Don't, I was like, I like, I was just so focused on like, what does Gigi need? And you yeah. had said that you're like, I, I, I'm not ready to face it. I'd like to stay for a few more days. Mm-hmm. And, and I really battled mm-hmm. with like, I'm like, is that really what she like? But I'm like, I have to listen to what, you know, I'm like, I don't know if you would have done anything different in that moment. Like, I can't be like, no, you're going home. Cause it's like, how am I to say what you need? Mm-hmm. Right, but also it was like,
1: and but the last, I think it was like three days longer, were super fun. I still felt normal. I didn't really have.
0: You know what? Can we, Gigi? Can we bring Susan in? She's a trauma specialist, um, therapist. I'd love to bring her in um, and continue this conversation. But first of all, Gigi, I, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. I'm really proud of you for sharing your story because that takes a lot of that's very brave of you to share this I was
1: really I was actually I didn't know about today like I was kind of nervous coming into it but actually it kind of feels like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders
0: and you're gonna help a lot of people I hope so all right let's bring Susan in
2: So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's
0: dot com or in store. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health/jana and use promo code jana. That's promo code jana at twc.health/jana. Hey Susan, Hi, how are you guys? Hey, welcome to Wind Down. Um, Jana, Catherine, Gigi. Hi, Hello. nice to meet you all. So we'll you we too. just, well, Gigi just shared with us very bravely her story that happened in New York. Um, and, you know, we're just kind of talking about it now. And I think one of the, we wanted to bring you in, obviously, because you're a trauma specialist. You are you know this, this world and all the emotions that go with it. And I think one of the things that when when everything happened in new york um that feeling of like should the person go straight to like Like, is it okay to like not face it in that moment? Or is that and and then face it later on, you know, or to like, because she ended up staying a few more days in Connecticut, where I was filming. But like, in hindsight, like, what is like, is that is that normal to do that? Or is it something where it's like, when people are in that situation, like they just have to go at their own pace?
3: It's such an important question, and I think that so many people don't report for years and years and years Mm -hmm. simply because they feel like they're going to be blamed for it or they did something wrong and the stigma associated with that. And so everyone's journey is going to be their own journey and their own process. If you're talking about a a technical issue from a reporting perspective, uh, from a criminal perspective. The incriminal importance is usually it's important to go to an ER immediately in order to have a rape test done in order to have any evidence. And that would be if you don't take a shower um, and go straight to the ER. And there's there's advocates there that can really help you through that process and really talk you through kind of what that looks like. So if someone is actually experienced a crime, that is really the most important thing to do in order to gather evidence. However, Everyone is going to go through it differently and no two person's experience is the same. And it doesn't mean years later that you can't decide to change your mind and make a reporting or 10 days or three days or whatever it may be, because this crime happened to you. You were violated and we all process trauma differently and no two people are going to do it the same.
0: I think one of the things, and then Gigi, I'll let you ask Susan some questions. But I think what I was, I was trying to like get help for Gigi in that moment in Connecticut, and I wanted her to connect to some people. But the one person that I know had, she's like, well, I didn't remember it, and she's like, and thank God. So everyone was like, well, thank God she doesn't remember it. I'm like, but that's even more of a violation, like not remembering like what happened. So I'm like, Gigi, like that must like hurt you too when people are like, well, I'm so glad you didn't remember it. It's like, well. That, that to me, it sounds just as traumatic to feel so violated that you don't even know what happened to your body or what, you know?
1: It was my saving grace. You th- okay. Um, I like, had I not been drugged in the weirdest way, I feel like it would have been that much more traumatic for me. It's still a traumatic event. I wonder what did happen to me a lot it's not every day anymore, but it's a lot. But like I said, like nothing felt real. Nothing felt like anything had happened to me. Yeah. Like I went to the hospital immediately. I got the rape kit done, but I didn't, I honestly didn't process it until, um, I found out that my boyfriend at the time had been with this girl all summer. And that night, Right before I had FaceTimed him from the ER, he had been with her. That's when literally everything, this was a couple of weeks ago, that's when literally everything hit me like a bus. Like mm-hmm. I was having panic attacks every four hours. I could not sleep. I wasn't, I was in a terrible, terrible spot solely because my security blanket of the whole situation, like it was kind of a trauma bomb, like that got taken away from me. And then I was kind of left by myself. I don't know. And I've I've
3: never um, called it a crime. What language did you use that that you feels right for you? Um. Just that I was raped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your bravery to share it in this public way too, because oftentimes people are silenced and for you to step forward really gives other people the courage that they can talk about their own stories too. And one in six women in the United States have experienced the same thing that you've gone through too as well. And I think it's your language, your story, the way that you want to tell it, what kind what parts of it you want to share, what parts you don't. This is all about you taking back your power now.
0: What does she do with that? Like, because when, like the a feeling of that that bond with her ex and now being feeling, now the, the PTSD of the rape is now, even now she's like feeling all of that. So it's like, how does she deal with that? Because that well, was the I would say
1: I would say that that part of it, um lasted about two weeks but like the the biggest thing was that like he chose to be with someone else over the summer the entire summer we had been dating for five months I did not have a choice and uh, it I don't it killed me I don't know. I didn't have a choice and he did, and he still did that. And that's honestly probably the only reason that I'm not so with him, but I don't, I don't know.
3: I think oftentimes when people, friends or even family are trying to support someone who's been through a rape or sexual assault or crime and that they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to be supportive. And consciously or or unconsciously, they sort of avoid Mm. because they don't know how to say what's going to help you get through your PTSD or the trauma or all the other mental health symptoms that you sort of mentioned, the hypervigilance, the not being able to sleep. I don't know if you're starting to get memories back or flashbacks or anything like that, but. That is also really compounds the trauma as well, because you feel so alone in that process and feel like, how do I trust, or can I keep myself safe, or am I safe? Those questions keep coming up, and it sounds like that was a little bit of your experience, that your ex-boyfriend was that support for you, that you felt safe with him, and you felt like you could share what was going on, and then to have that taken away is, is really, really challenging. And, and I would really suggest for you to get into the, there's so many amazing free services. If you're in Los Angeles, the rape crisis center in Santa Monica is incredible or other places in, around the United States that have all different types of groups or individual therapy. And I've that- been,
1: I've been in therapy for five years. So the therapy aspect of it was totally covered. Like I'm, I'm, really good at being emotionally mindful I would say just from previous traumas unfortunately but now I'm I'm definitely in a step towards the right direction I feel better I'm not weighted down by my security blanket that could have been a weighted blanket in a lot of ways um you know most of my friends know about it um my mom has helped me through all of it. Sisters, every, like everyone's helped me like build my foundation of like emotional security through myself. Like I have emotional security through myself now and I have that foundation back. So that's definitely a step in the right direction and I feel a lot better. And um, it's not as hard to talk about. It's still hard, but I can do it.
3: And you're bravely doing it now too. And I think the important thing that oftentimes I just want to remind you that often when people have been raped or they've experienced an assault, that they feel like they're never going to be themselves again and everything has been taken away from them. But the amazing thing about our bodies and our brain is that we have this tremendous ability to rewire our brain after trauma and to heal. And you will have a beautiful, relationship in the future. You will have a beautiful life in in your future. And as you said, you've been through some things before that have been challenging that you know you're going to get to the other side of this and start feeling the way that you want to. It's going to take work and commitment. And it sounds like you have a tremendous support community that's really helping you through it day by day because it's going to change. One day you could feel amazing and the next day you may get triggered and something kind of derails you a little bit, but just keep staying mindful in your recovery and really allowing your your body and your brain to start to heal and getting back into, to feel whole again that way too is really important.
0: And I think that's like good for everyone because anyone who's has, you know, some kind of traumatic experience that's happened to them or just um, like, what do you do in those moments when that trigger does come up? Because that's, you know, you don't want it to take over, but at the same time you, you have to like, let it go through your body and feel it. Right.
3: You know, emotions are just predictions for action to take. And so when we've had something happen to us, that's been traumatic, we get triggered with a scent or a smell or a, you know, a a vision of something. We all gets imprinted through our, our senses. So when we get triggered, all of a sudden it takes us back to that moment. And then we start to relive it, again in that moment as as if it's happening now Mm -hmm. in our body. And that's what becomes so terrifying is because we get dysregulated and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, this is happening right now. How do I make this stop? This is overwhelming. But our mind knows it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of this sort of trick that happens within our body and our brain. But the important thing to do is to really use skills to calm down your nervous system and those emotions in that moment because we can get sort of carried away with that and allow ourselves to get more and more dysregulated to the point that it really starts to create all kinds of dysfunction in our lives. So I know it sounds really simple, but really the power of the breath. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like it's super important to actually breathe through our hearts because that's a tremendously grounding practice of actually just inhaling through our nose and then exhaling out as if it's coming out of your heart. And really what the important thing is to do is always have the shorter inhale than the exhale because the exhale actually allows your blood flow to your heart to decrease, which actually decreases your anxiety and stress. And that's a way for us to, to trick what's called the amygdala in our brain, which is sort of the alarm system when something has gone wrong and we feel in danger. Mm -hmm. Um, but other things too, of being out in nature, calling a friend, uh, going for a walk, actually that bilateral stimulation of actually walking is tremendously calming on our nervous system. Anything that can sort of bring joy, because when we have a negative emotion and experience, we can trick our brains and our bodies by actually pulling to something that's really positive, like petting a puppy or calling your best friend or getting out in sunshine. And that can decrease all those feelings and emotions of stress in our bodies in the now and make us feel a lot more calm.
0: Gigi, is there an area where you feel not, I don't want to say stuck, but that where it's still, um, like it's a, whether it's a question or a fear or a doubt that you're still, um, and it could be about your ex too, that you feel kind of like heavy in. Um, <clears throat> cause it's all heavy, but is there something where it's still like, it's, it's still ba- like, it's, it, it's harder than others.
1: Honestly, it was a three week breakup for me. Mm-hmm. And finally, when I got the closure and we ended on good terms, cool. Um, like finally, when I got the closure and he got the closure and now it's been a few weeks since we've talked, I feel so much better because I'm moving on and I feel like moving on independently is a lot more strong-willed per se. And I could actually feel the emotions from the trauma and work through them. And so now I'm in a really good place. um, And I'm really invested in school
0: and, you know. Why did you want to share your story? because
1: I I don't know, because it just, I mean, hopefully I can help another person, but it's like, I'm not broken anymore. You can, I mean, parts of me probably won't ever be fully pieced back together, but I'm certainly not broken. I'm capable of doing anything and You don't have to like look down on trauma as this almost disability. And if I can't get out of bed one day, respect it because we're all going through our own things and you could be going through the worst thing in your life and I could be going through the worst thing in mine and they're not comparable at all. And my reaction may be way different than yours. So seriously, don't look down on someone just because they're going through stuff like I'm still gonna do everything that I was going to do before this before the breakup before everything like honestly I loved my boyfriend so much and I still do love him but not in the same way and I'm ready to move on I'm ready to start new relationships and I don't know it's just like there's so much to unpack but you know, I've
3: already, uh, I don't know. (laughs) You've said so many beautiful things in that statement. And the one thing that I really want to remind you is yes, the pieces are never going to go back the same as they were before. They're going to be different, but in this moment, you sharing your truth and you stepping out and normalizing trauma because it happens to every single one of us and after this pandemic, it has to happen to every single one of us, that you're really being an advocate for other people to say that I'm not broken. I'm not defective. I'm not anything. I'm just me. And I'm going through my process. And this is going to allow you to get to the other side of something so much more beautiful and stronger. And I really commend you for stepping forward and using this platform to share your narrative and a story that so many women and men can relate to. And it really hopefully is going to make you feel stronger because of that. And and you're right. Every day is going to be different. And just honor that in your own process and know what's going to make you feel a little bit better and stronger and use those tools and skills and not allow the trauma to just keep happening to you, but for you to feel more agency and control. Mm
0: -hmm. I do want to ask you a question too. How do you, how does someone not let that define them? any through anything that's like happened whether it's divorce or um abuse or you know, any situation that had, can be um that would that one would feel um yeah like they i don't know deserved can I it or something that? yeah please i'd can love I answer for you
1: to i like <sighs> Everyone goes through their own adversities. Okay. And we all come together in group therapy. Like you talk about it. I've never been to group therapy, but like you talk in a collective group and you see how similar everyone's experiences are and how they can help, help you through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason I wanted to come on today and share. And like my situation was one situation. You're Like other people's situations might be that much worse or that much more controlling of their thoughts, their actions, their everything, but it doesn't matter if we can relate in some sort of way, we could help each other. Like we build off of each other and I, I would not, nothing defines me. The DSM five is literally, for those of you that don't know, it's the diagnostic book for, um, Psychological disorders, although um, most of them aren't disorders. They're all um, induced by some sort of trauma. Um, the DSM 5 is essentially a way for pharmaceutical companies to put their brand into a category. Well, I'm so sick of being in a category. Like nothing can define me. Like I'm just Gigi. That's my real name or my birth certificate. That's just who I am. And labels, I don't care what you have. Anxiety, depression, bipolar, PTSD, um, insomnia, whatever you have, I don't care. Like that doesn't define you. That doesn't change you. And if you have PTSD from an incident, that doesn't define you either. Why would you let your PTSD take control of you when you can navigate through these emotions and work through your experiences using other people's experiences to walk out on the end just knowing you're the name on your birth certificate and that you don't have to fit any mold or category or diagnosis?
0: Yes, Gigi right?
3: Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> And I think you, you get to live a joyful life no matter what's happened in your past. That's mm-hmm. it's something that's so important. But I think oftentimes that people are afraid of letting go of their trauma or the definition of things because they're unsure of what is going to happen on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. So if I identify or over-identify as someone that's gone through something particular, like you mentioned, divorce or a breakup, and then letting go of that and healing and processing the trauma and the experience of that, there's fear. And fear is what oftentimes keeps us in the labels or keeps us stuck and sort of telling that same narrative over and over again, Mm -hmm. because we're wired for story and our stories are beginning, middle, and end. And oftentimes we get stuck in that in between.
0: Yeah, and actually I saw something um because I follow this person on Instagram, the narcissist survivor, and they said oversharing is a trauma response. And for some reason it just hit me so hard because I'm like, man, I'm like, yes, I've definitely overshared with my um life and um, you know, the abuse that I've had and but I'm also I I don't know, that just like hit me because I was like, wow, I'm like, I never looked at it as a trauma response.
3: Well, I think that you have to look, there's, there's a spectrum of everything and I don't want you to read something and then assume that you're the one that's contributing to that. I think that what happens is, is when people can't read the experience of someone else. So if you and I are having a conversation and you're telling me every single detail of something that happened that's really horrific, and your nervous system is affecting my nervous system, and I'm getting really flooded by mm-hmm. your narrative, mm-hmm. and you're not aware of it, and you just keep going on and on because you're not regulated in your own system, mm-hmm. right? That would be where the oversharing would really sort of affect another human and dysregulate them. Like if you've ever been with someone, you felt exhausted after being with them because they talk so much or they, whatever, whatever happened. So I think be mindful of keep sharing your story and connecting with people on a real human way and being authentic because that's you. Right. And, and people really have to be vulnerable to connect and feel the depths of love and connection with one another. That's what makes us human. right? So right. there's a very big difference between traumatizing someone and oversharing that way and, and really just connecting.
0: Well, Susan, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show. Where can our listeners find you?
3: On Instagram, I, I'm at Susan Zin, Zinn Z I N N Therapy, and also my website is Susan Zinn Therapy. And I actually have a book out this week. Uh, it's Yay. called the Epiphanies Project, and it just hit five best-selling categories. And they're all about moments of people overcoming adversity and trauma. And so definitely make sure to check that out because there's a lot of healing stories in that mm. that, that Gigi hopefully would be helpful for you too.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Susan. Appreciate you thank coming you guys. on, my Dad.
3: Thank Thank you. Bye. Thank you for everything you're doing.
2: Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in
0: store. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. You wake up with a sore throat and a low-grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work, hope to see a doctor this week, or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option. Because listen, as a mom... We cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you. My medical emergency kit. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at TWC.health slash Jana. Gigi, how you feeling, babe? I just,
1: like, I just want to make it abundantly clear that, like, I am okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not still stuck in my last relationship. And I hope, I hope that this is not send the wrong message out to anyone that could be pursuing me or whatever. Stop, GG. you (laughs) are... Um, but like, I'm really okay.
0: And it's okay if you weren't okay. And it's okay that you are okay. Well, I wasn't for a minute. I feel like you're a little
3: hesitant to say you're okay.
1: Because I feel like people will hear this and then they're going to be like, oh my God, like she's got some stuff going on. Like,
3: like you feel like you shouldn't be okay.
0: Right. But I am. In this moment you are, and that's amazing. And tomorrow you might not and tomorrow you might you might never like it, you know, and it's like you you're gonna go through days. But that's amazing that you're okay right now. That's amazing and that should be celebrated. And you're doing your work, you've got your head screwed on, you know, you're not gonna go back to now you know the flags of a cheater. And we're, you're not going to go back there.
1: No, I'm really excited for a healthy relationship. Good. And someone that actually respects me Yes, and my body as much as I'm learning to respect it. And, I have a new, yeah. like I have a totally new outlook on dating. Good. That was my first boyfriend. Um,
0: and you're 19. I told her I was like, Gigi, let me just write. You. Don't th- I'm gonna be I'm gonna be your big sister and be like, just don't do any of these things, and then you won't end up like me. <laughs>
1: like, no, well, i
0: <laughs> divorce with two no, kids. I
1: called you. <laughs> I called you literally five minutes after I found out. I was like, Jana, we were
0: right. Like we
1: had suspicions over the summer. You gotta listen to
0: your gut, boo But uh, I look, a 19 year old's gut and a 37 year old gut is the same gut as a 15 year old and a well, maybe not. Maybe who knows? And a eighty year old. Oh, you gotta listen to your gut. You know, yes. we all have the same gut. Learning
1: that, women's intuition.
0: Yep, exactly. So, it's like and, a
1: superpower.
0: And I'm so proud of you. And I love you.
1: Thank you. I love you too. And I'm going to, we're going
0: to have you back on sometime in the next few months. And we're going to have a really fun, like catch up on (laughs) Gigi. What's going on in the dating world of a 19 year old, because we love spicy Gigi. She's fun. Maybe we'll have some updates
1: by then. I have my, um, Grub this weekend, and then I'm going to a simi on Saturday. That
0: means, is that like a sorority? (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) sorority.
0: Sorority. (laughs) You know me and sorority (laughs) stuff. I don't know it. I just want to be your big sis. That's about it.
1: Well, guess what? I'll be back in Nashville uh, next week.
0: Perfect. Well, I'll see you then. I love you, babe. Thanks for coming on Wind Down. I
1: love you too. Thank you so much. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye, honey. I love her.
2: She's like the smartest nineteen-year-old. I know she's literally
0: she's literally Elwood's. Like she's she's gonna go to Harvard like law. Like she's and she is the smartest. I mean, she is her IQ is insane. Oh yeah, that didn't surprise me. Like she's so smart and she's beautiful. She's a model. Like I mean, she's literally Mm Elwood's. But I think what was um what was so sad to like witness was I mean she and anyone that followed me during the Connecticut she was just her light and how mm-hmm. fun she is. And I remember, remember the next day just being like her light was taken away yeah. and it like that like broke me to see. And it was, you know, uh, Ryan obviously knew and the one producer and we kind of, we little powwowed, and it was just like so sad because we were like, we lo- like we lost the spark of Gigi. And it's mm-hmm. like seeing that come back now has been a beautiful thing. And I'm really proud of her for sharing her story. And um yeah, you are, you are not alone. So, um, I hope you all have a good week and, um, hope this helped. See you next week. Hey there mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one, but there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where Traditional Medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at Medicinals.com forward slash mother's milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because... It's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend, and Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com That's Tecova's, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. even at 30,000 feet. So sign
4: up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com
0: and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest. Thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What?